0: comes ahead on goal and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders.
1: Clear. A foot race the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Moody The net is empty. By the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one
0: up. Vancosta. Header. Goal. Head check. Vancosta. Cole oh. picks it up. Cole's crossing. Nohimovic. Oh, are you serious? It doesn't get much better than this, folks.
1: The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan.
0: Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show for our third episode of the week. Uh, I am Jordan Wiegand and with me today is a man who has a cat over his (laughs) shoulder. Again, Logan
2: Stump. Uh, every time we start one of these, it's every single time we start, she just one of these. wants
0: the spotlight, told, she wants to be up there.
2: Yeah, so I told my wife that too. I was like, okay, Hazel's gotten to the point now where she's just crazed the attention because she's seen Twitter, she's right? a diva, right? <laughs> she's seen to you know the tweets that have been going around about her. She knows that Doyle's a huge fan, um, and she's she's made multiple appearances on Twitter. Um, I remember back in the day when we first started this, um, with me, it was like we would tweet Doyle, um, about Hazel watching Doyle and watching Weeby and all of them, uh, on extra time. And now she's just become like this legend and now she's getting a bigger head because she's been on Twitter. Now, uh, she's become part of the show. Um, so I think people are going to start to expect it, Jordan, I think people that follow us, that have seen the tweets are going to start to expect at least an appearance, right?
0: Yeah. Can we get her a little kit or something?
2: I think we could, I, uh, she gets really cold at night too. So I think it'd be great. Um, to get her like a little kit i don't maybe like change it out or like at least a little scarf you know like a like a collar or something that looks like a MLS scarf or something i'm sure we can figure something
0: would out. be cool if she had like an orlando kit because like they're the lion you know they have like lions <laughs> yeah. and you like know that's pride. Like a, yeah and it's yeah. like a you know a, a relative of the cat so that would be that'd be fun
2: i think we could make it work i'll have to talk to her about it but yeah we'll see what we'll see what happens i guess
0: well, we're not here to talk about Hazel. Um, mm. We're actually here to talk about something that starts with an H, though. Who? Are, yeah. What are we talking about, Logan?
2: So we're going to be talking about the Houston Dynamo, Jordan. Uh, so we're going to have Andres back on uh, from uh, Foxtrot. Like, you'll know him as Foxtrot on Twitter. Uh, he's now got a, a fun podcast that he does with his co-hosts. His name's Tony. Um, and they do uh, Noodle Time episodes. So that, that's what the podcast is called. I think it's a pretty cool name. Um and he's got like this whole fox thing on tap. Like I think it's, it's like he's cornered this market on being the foxes, uh, which is really cool. So, um, yeah, we had him on last year to do the twenty twenty one season preview. Uh, and I know last year they were, they were feeling a little bit better about their chances. But uh, I would say this
0: is uh, this is my first time meeting uh, yeah, him. Was. I, I wasn't on here last year because I was working.
2: Right. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, this was early Jordan. This was, uh, so last time that we did an episode with Andres, it, uh, he was the one that we went literally like 15 minutes and I didn't record it.
0: Yes. I remember.
2: <laughs> I didn't record it. And then my Wi-Fi wouldn't work. It was like the, I was like sweating profusely. Cause I, I wanted it all to go well. And you know, I was just starting. And it was out. your
0: first one on your own. It was yeah. like our second preview. Mm-hmm. It was the first one I couldn't be there for, mm-hmm. and your first time doing an MLS one by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you did the Disney one for a bit by yourself, but mm-hmm. you hadn't done, like, a, a guest one by yourself, right?
2: No, I've never done a guest one by myself, and I've never, I mean, unless it was you, uh, which is always comfort. Uh, but, yeah, I've never had a guest on. I was really nervous. Um I was just learning MLS, so I was trying to take it all in uh, and trying to figure out who the Houston Dynamo were in about a span of a couple weeks. But I felt like it went well, but their their season did not. So um, hopefully it wasn't me that, that cursed them, but uh, everything you read, it was, you know, last year probably was the worst year in Dynamo history, a, a lot of people are saying. So it should be interesting to kind of get his take. Uh, and it made me a huge signing today, um, which teams tend to do when we're, having them preview. So what you're saying is you
0: can only go up from here.
2: Honestly. Yeah. I think it with again, I think we talked about this in the San Jose preview. That's going to drop that has already dropped. Uh, We talked about the fact that uh, without Cincinnati, they'd have been the wooden spoon. So comforting. I know.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? (laughs) They may not have that luxury this year with with Cincinnati rehauling, Mm -hmm. uh, overhauling, but it seems like maybe Houston is as well, so we'll ask uh, we'll, we'll ask Andreas about that. Um, yeah, so let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll welcome in our guest. Hey, Logan.
2: Hey, Jordan. How's it going?
0: Going good. Do you remember last year when we talked CBA stuff for MLS before the season kicked off?
2: Yeah, that was a wild time. I was kind of nervous that the season wasn't going to start. You know, it started getting down to like the last couple weeks, and no season.
0: Do you know what uh, other professional league may not have a season this year?
2: I mean, I've heard that the underwater basket weaving club and league have kind of gone under, but who else? I I haven't heard. Major League Baseball.
0: They locked their players out, and they are in negotiations right now, and it's not looking good. And if you want to hear more information on that, we will be recording an episode of our Extra Innings Baseball Show uh, next week. And we'll be talking whoever gets in the Hall of Fame, if anybody gets in the Hall of Fame, uh, next week as well. Or you can listen to any of our previous available episodes. Uh, We did talk about the initial lockout uh, when it first happened. So you can go listen to those. If you want to watch some videos on some beautiful stadiums that I have visited and the Hall of Fame, I have started doing a baseball bucket list. Uh, that is on YouTube. And so far I've done an episode on the Hall of Fame and two episodes on Camden Yards and seeing Shohei Otani pitch and hit. So uh, been a good time. We're, you know we're really still in the infancy of, of launching that. I think uh, it, it's been maybe a blessing in disguise that the CBA talks are going on right now because we're doing all these previews for MLS right now. But if you are a baseball fan, I don't know how many people overlap with with MLS on that, but if you are, you can check that out. It is uh, called the Extra Innings Baseball Show. You can search that. Uh, the links will be in the description of the video. Um, but, yeah, if you want to hear Logan talk some Cubs, me talk some Orioles, and us talk Major League Baseball all together, you can follow us there. And we are back from our break and we have Andres Narajo uh with us today from the Foxtrot. How are you today, Andres?
1: Hey guys. Um very ecstatic uh, with the news today about Sebastian Ferreira and the international spot, the extra one. So it's um a lot of things going on in the next couple of weeks with the preseason starting too. Yes,
2: yeah, so we had you on last year to talk some dynamo, and I know uh last year, um, at least on my perspective in my perspective, it was kind of um, kind of a wait-and-see season. They had gone out and gotten Parker. They had, you know, tried to solidify some defense. Um, they, they've had a couple of nice attacking pieces. But Jordan and I, uh, and, and they started well, because Jordan and I did a live stream of them and the, the quakes uh, to start the season. And we had, you know, watching Houston, it looked like they had at least kind of shored up some of the issues. Uh, it was really quick and really early on, but it had seemed uh, like it was going to go better. And then it kind of fell apart towards the end. Um, And that's kind of like leading into what our our first question. um, Well, actually, uh, you know, where can people find your stuff? I I know um, there's different uh, avenues that you use uh, to get in touch with a lot of the Houston fan base. So can you kind of tell us where people can find your stuff?
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, I'm mostly active on Twitter, at DynamicFoxShot. That's been the place where I started um, essentially six years ago. I I was mostly just posting a lot of Dynamo stuff the Dynamo related news, as well as Dash um, and Toros, whenever they were their own affiliates, and and yeah, and now uh, now with my podcast, Noodle time that I started last year, um, I'm mostly on YouTube as well, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, um, a lot of those um, the most popular platforms as well. So um, and yeah, um, yeah, it's just a lot of Dynamo talk, uh, which is, has been my passion for almost ten years now. So um, it's it's very fun.
2: All right, so if you want, uh, can you kind of reflect on the 2021 season uh, with the Dynamo? Uh, what went wrong in Houston? Um, maybe what are some positives that you can kind of take away from last season, heading into the 2022 uh, campaign this year?
1: Oh yeah, and uh, and you mentioned the uh, the very first game against San say, Earthquakes mm-hmm. last year, which we thought that Tab Ramos and the team had like a, 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 an idea as to how to bounce back from the last several years. And obviously, this being Tap's very first professional gig as a a head coach, and especially in MLS, it seemed pretty demanding. And back then, I can recall myself being pretty optimistic um, in those circumstances. And Mm -hmm. and yeah, like we like we thought we thought he had some some idea of like to apply uh, like or like a game plan throughout the season. And it turns out that it wasn't the case at all. Um, It was mostly, especially like. Halfway through the season, whenever we entered that 16-game uh, uh, winless streak, mm-hmm. um, we learned a lot of things about Tab and the team, and and yeah, it was just like um, for the most part, it's been a combination of the, of those um, annoyances with Tab as well as our thoughts with like have <laughs> have the squad because like we felt like every single game we were just playing for uh, the a draw or. We're just gonna win this game in like the in the most unlikely scenario, uh, which I felt like this team has just been like trying to throw something uh, against the wall to see what sticks. And overall, like it was so depressing, and especially for me since I've been uh, watching like all all the, the Damo games, especially this past um, uh, seven years. Um, mm-hmm. This was a new low, and especially. Um, uh, trying to keep aside what happened with Tetsigal coming in in the middle of the season, uh, it was extremely, like, bad. Like, it was actually the worst season in Dynamo history, like, which, mm. which is something. And and I, bef- before I get to negatives, though, like, the only positive last year was just the fact that we somehow got back El Capitan from NFC Dallas um, <laughs> after three years, somehow. Other than that, like, everything else was extremely bad because... The Dynamo never finished in last place of the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference like before they moved. Mm-hmm. They, they never finished last in, in the in the conference uh, in back to back seasons, and they did that last year. And they also um, it was also the first time in club history they, they didn't win a single road game in the entire season. And it's also the very first time um, uh, they finished the season with a with a low uh, with the lowest point percent average in club history, which was point eight eight. And you just look at those stats. And, uh, and one stat that, that really came to mind was from Sa- Sam Stetschko. He does, um, he works for the Athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did bring in this stat, um stat right around uh, the end of the season. Was the Tab Ramos uh, becoming the head coach with the lowest point per game average in the history after 50 games, yeah, which is .91. And, and yeah, like, it, it just, and just going back to that, um, um, when I told you about, like, uh, the, the main worry last season being that Tab was like very inexperienced, and mm-hmm. we we tried to bring him in as um, as a guy to help develop develop the uh, the homegrown, so at least academy players, and and bringing like a new this new identity. It didn't work out at all, and I feel like, and obviously. Uh, I don't really like to really pile on Tab because it, it wasn't mostly his fault, which was also followed of Matt Jordan and like the lack of vision by him as well as Gabriel Brenner, who used to be our majority owner. And honestly, it's pretty depressing to see because like uh, when I uh, in the few occasions I got to meet Tab, uh, especially when speaking to the media, he he seems like a really uh, amazing person as well, uh, very professional. And it feels bad that he. He um, got into those circumstances, but at the same time, um the game the game, the decisions that he made over the course of the season caused causes us that and got us into that situation as well. So um it's it's a little bit of both, you know, of Matt Matt Jordan's negligence as well as um Tab's decisions on the field, which caused caused us this and made the, made last season the, the way it is.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I think that uh, just speaking about Tab, like I, I think I remember when he was announced, a lot of people in just MLS Twitter and, and circles thought it was a good hire. I was never big on Tab due to his tenure with like the U.S. Uh, with the U.S. under 23 teams uh, and not qualifying for the Olympics. So I was not ever as high on that. Now, positioning, you mentioned, you know, um, they have a new majority owner of the Dynamo, Ted uh, Siegel. Is that right, Siegel or Seagal? Uh,
1: Ted Siegel, yeah. Ted
0: Siegel, okay. And a uh, new general manager, and Pat Onstad. Uh, looking ahead, what do you think the focus is for those two um, coming into this team for the Dynamo? And uh, do you think that there's a first order of business as the 2022 season approaches? and how they can return the Dynamo to relevancy.
1: Yeah, uh, obviously there's gonna be a lot of work to do, uh, but when, uh, be, like, uh, Ted Seagal came in and, like, he was in the, in the middle of the season and you actually, like, it's it's pretty much hard to believe just based on the last eight years because he comes in as a new majority owner, essentially replacing Gabriel Brenner and adjusting the minority ownership, but he now has the controlling stake over Gabriel Brenner and, and, like, all of us, like, and especially, um, um, like, the, the hardcore, hardcore fans like me, um, it's, um, it's it sounded like a blessing, but at the same time, like, we are uh, keeping things, we're um, essentially thinking things when I get an assault, we are pretty much uh, cautiously optimistic at that point, because at that point, it's pretty much, okay, we got a new owner, uh, we don't know much about him, and, like, the information based on the information that was available online um we didn't find much really like he he we just found like a couple pictures and that's it and uh, there's there isn't that that much information uh, especially sporting wise They he doesn't seem to have like like um sports focus background which was also like a little bit worrying but from the main uh since he took over like back in june um he pretty much like promised us all these things um that uh, we we had to first uh, see it in action to believe um obviously with us like being in a situation where like gabriel brenner didn't do really much aside of the uh aside of like bringing in a uh, helping uh, to an extent helping bring in albert felise outside of uh, wilmer cabrera's um influence i like to say but other than that like um the bad outweighs uh, the good in this situation and and he he comes in like and he brings this uh, somewhat relief because in the main press conference like he announces a uh, like a designated player immediately being like teenage Chadebe. and it's it's one of those things like the little things that that he mentions and obviously t- taking into consideration that we had to like wait for the the main decisions to happen like it's just one of those things and the promises that he made that gave us some relief like especially us that, uh, the fans. And, and from there, like, it's been, it's been, it's been very interesting to see how everything develops because see, Matt Jordan is fired like two months later after his announcement. And then uh, around two months later, um, Pat Onstad, which is like this insane figure, like in the Dynamo circles, because like not only, obviously his main influence as a, as a player, like he, he was this legend that, that won us two MLS cups like back, like, 15 years ago, you know, um, this guy, and obviously with the background that he developed with the Columbus crew and in MLS after he retired, um, he brings in this guy, and immediately we think, okay, this guy is serious. <laughs> he, 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 like, uh, we, because we will never figure out that Pat Onstad would come back, especially in this situation, and um, assuming that Tetsuga will never come in. And from there, we, we figured out that, okay, Segal is not kidding around. He is for sure wants to build a program here, and and yeah, well, he also like develops a technical, a director program uh, position, and he makes all the decisions uh, based on on what has been going on with the Dynamo for the past several years. And uh, obviously, I feel like the the um, the most painful one uh, so far is either um, relieving. Tab, even though you can understand why, because like coming out of the worst season in the club's history, you have to make that decision. But that's pretty much part of the business um, and the way things are. And that one, and I like to say, Bonia Garcia uh, being uh, moving on to play, he's potentially retiring in, in Honduras. But I feel like that's one of the situations that you have to understand that he may want to play more and those minutes mean he may not get those minutes anymore in Houston at his age and. And yeah, and just looking at the things that I'm looking at the most, um, especially uh, this year, heading ahead in, uh, into the next 10 years, um, like both uh, Ted Seagal and Pat onstad have emphasized how they want to create this culture. And uh, obviously, like, the the creation of this culture, like it has been said like a handful of times, especially by, by Matt Jordan when he was here. And uh, whenever he said it, though, uh, like no one believed him and in this situation obviously with uh, the promises that have been fulfilled by testigo so far and the plan or at least the vision that pat on said as as far as we understand uh he wants to uh, create um this culture or at least like a like a winning culture just based on on fulfilling or at least like receiving all the resources from testigo which has been done so far and and uh, creating this culture and, and investment, I feel like it's one of those thing, things that um, has been fulfilled so far by the team. Although it's it's a long way to go uh, because we obviously the results are going to speak for themselves and results are going to think that, that are the things that are going to matter as well. So um, the, the culture and investment, I feel like it's one of those things that have been promised the most. And, and yeah, and honestly, those things that us as fans are looking forward to. I
0: just wanted to add something here, real quick, too. Uh, you mentioned the 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 two um, MLS Cup wins. The first one of the first MLS games I remember ever going to was actually the two thousand seven MLS Cup, because um, it was at RFK, and I, I'm I'm up here in Maryland, so it was just an hour and a half drive. And I remember seeing, you know, Houston uh, defeat uh, the Rebs in two thousand seven. So it's a good time.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And it's interesting too because it. it and Anders, we we talked last year because they were going through that rebrand, um, and they were they were talking about the club culture. They were trying to build something, and I and while you, I think you hit right on the head. Whenever every, every time that and I was much more on the tab uh, good side. Um, I, I like tab. I, I thought that you know, given the right resources, given the team that he needed, I do think eventually he'd have become something. But again, I think it was just a, a matter of not getting the right personnel. There was issues, obviously, with the team not performing very well. Um, but, again, I, I I was much more on the, like, keep him around, maybe see what happens. Um, and a lot of that had to do with just the fact that I, I thought that uh, there just wasn't that coach out there that I thought really fit their system just just yet. Or, you know, the, the money wasn't going to be spent in that case last year. But then they get in this new uh, ownership, they get in this new GM, they start to put together technical directors, uh, coaches that they kind of see as this vision of being the future dynamo um, and kind of returning them back to the powerhouse. Uh, and in speaking in that, um, you know, Pat Onstead had um, pretty much his hand in everything um, uh, over the last couple of years. He's been an assistant coach, he's been a chief scout, um, he's done some technical directing uh, with a couple of the MLS clubs um, since 2011. And then he goes out and he brings in uh, a head coach. Um, That'll replace Tab Ramos uh, and Paolo uh, Nagamura, who comes from Sporting KC's uh, two, uh, which is their academy team, their youth team. Um, And uh, Nagamura has had a hand in a couple of the youth players that have kind of come through that system. Uh, SKC seems to be really good at churning out some really good talent. He had uh, he worked with uh, Gianluca Busio, who now plays for uh, Venezia uh, over in Italy and Serie A. Um, So he's had his success uh, at that level. Um, but Jordan and I are curious because this was one of those signings, and Jordan and I texted back and forth the day that it happened when it was announced, and we we're like, okay, I, I'm not really sure in which way to really think about this because one, he has no experience in MLS; he's got no experience in professional coaching. While he did play and was very successful as a player, there's obviously concerns about a rookie stepping into a, a role in MLS. Can you kind of speak to the new head coach, and are our fans concerned that this might be like a Tab Ramos? You know, squared. Like it, it's a, it's another issue of bringing in a coach that might not be ready for uh, what the Dynamo want uh, for their success and their progress throughout MLS.
1: Yeah, I think the the biggest re- uh, the biggest worry I like to say of, of the team right now, like, uh, or at least what fans are most commonly worried about, it, is just a, the, if there is success with uh, Paulo Nakamura because like bringing him in, obviously that you you can. Easily see how uh, how the parallels between how they they both coach like in the sense of they focus more on talent and okay. it, like even even though like Paul Nagamora has more professional experience as an assistant and obviously coaching SKC too, um, it's you're pretty much in the same position that, like in an essence as to how like when Tab Ramos was brought in because like Tab Ramos we has like also had experience with with the uh, youth national team and. I would see like uh, um, coaching professionals like it, it can be way different especially coaching in, in USL for like for about four years mm-hmm. and and yeah it, it's just heading coming into that and in the same press conference I did manage to ask um, Pat On- Pat onset about that because uh, a lot of fans are gonna be uh, really worried worried and they're gonna take it as a big risk because um, just just going back to that uh, when I told you about it like, um, the the team tried to create this culture. Um the the way that Pat onset answered that question was in the sense that he like he like he didn't give me like this couple sentences. Like he gave me like a, like a huge answer. And like it was like like at the moment like it was so big like, I couldn't remember everything he said. <laughs> but like you can tell how like how like Pat was dedicated to that to to pretty much spend like the next I believe I believe it was like like three or four months, like the entire a uh, coaching search that took place, because like they they did they didn't manage to interview like hundred candidates, but obviously they managed to break it down, and and yeah, like it essentially comes down to them trying to go with a young coach to apply this this um this new game plan. Maybe it's like a, like a vision that, that Paul Nakamura like, like managed to develop over time that managed to impress um Onset. Like also the other thing I forgot to mention is that um the meme i like to say like the meme going around with it, with the fan base is just that um like pat mentioned pat me- like I pat mentioned heard this heard. in this interview According but basically um the around the table and say something are okay that's my alexa <laughs> yeah. okay she Can has I, an opinion as well you, yeah <laughs> I, I was like i was like what's that sound and, okay okay anyways uh, like pat like like Pat Onstad, Like even in in the main press conference, like he said, um, "Hey, um, like he, this guy was so impressive. Like he gave us like a hundred slide presentation about coaching, and I was like, okay, a <laughs> hundred slides, okay. Right. But but still, like 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 you can still you can you can see how dedicated like Pat uh, like Pat is is to his job and how how much he puts into it, and like it's a little bit relieving, but at the same time. Like we just have to wait and see how, like how Paul Nagamura develops over time, and which I feel like it's going to be the theme for the next couple of years is how how patient we are and how like the the results produce themselves.
0: So you mentioned it earlier today a bit about uh, Sebastian Fera being announced. Um, uh, he is a striker. Dynamo only had 34 goals scored last year. He scored 34 and 78 appearances for his prior club. Um, Is this, uh, do you think this is enough to help kind of get them over the hump there Um, or is there still more needed and what does he bring to the team?
1: Oh yeah. The striker position last year was pretty, a little bit controversial uh, mostly because of Christian Martinez being let go early because he wasn't getting enough minutes and, I having to deal with a Rudy as well as us shifting player the forwards around uh, to start us in nine or at least like two strikers up top, and and yeah, like just bringing in Sebastian Ferreira, especially as a as the most expensive signing in Dynamo history now, um, and just looking at the stats because he um like you, you said it well, like, he pretty much score, uh, he pretty much like even us in goals just last year with uh, his whole career actually with um um <laughs> Klu- Libertad and. And yeah, it's just one of those signings, especially at his age. I, it, he has like a very high ceiling and it's just, very, it seems like one of those signings that you couldn't really see with um, Matt Jordan uh, a few years ago, uh, except for Elise, because obviously was like mostly, it was mostly influenced by Wilma Cabrera at the time. And and yeah, like we, we're just so excited to see to see it in action because uh, obviously we have the, the piece on the wings to try to help him out assuming that they, they managed to go with a four three three or like a, at least like three fours in the front. Um because I feel like Final Pico could like provide the balls as well as Tyler pressure on the other side. Uh which which we have seen it before uh last year, even if even at the worst situations. Uh still said they just have to figure out how to uh work on the transition in the in the midfield. Um and just like just just to try like open up those uh those opportunities to to find to find Sebastian, because like, Sebastian is going to be, like, probably, Sebastian is, is probably going to be, like, the most important player um uh, this season. So, always excited, honestly. Yeah, massive signing,
2: expensive signing, most in uh, Dynamo history, as I saw, was being tweeted out. Um, and really, I, I mean, when you look at just his performances, um, I, I had a chance to kind of look at uh, his YouTube uh, highlights and stuff, but it, it really... He seems to be somebody uh, again if you can kind of service him um, which you know depending on who that might be uh, might be the more difficult part as far as getting him the ball in dangerous spots but it, it just it, it seems like a really good step in the right direction and it does seem like that uh, onstead is really you know out looking deliberately for people that can get into the attack and join the attack because it it, it really was it kind of going back through some of the stats and, and the different things that do exist in advanced stats, it seemed like the Dynamo were just kind of like this revolving door of trying to figure out what exactly are we doing in the attack because I'm not sure that we have an idea. And if Maxi Rudy's gone, and that that was a huge concern. But if they, you know, this was yesterday when we were talking about the fact that Sebastian was going to be announced. He'd obviously been linked for a couple weeks. But before that, I mean, writing up this review, there were some major concerns going into, all right, who's going to score now? I mean, you've got a guy, and obviously I knew they were going to be looking, but it did seem like, you know, and it still seems like they're still having a hard time convincing some talent to go there. Um But with this signing, I, I think it's a huge step in the right direction at least.
1: Oh yeah. And um Rudy, like he was serviceable in some games, but at mm-hmm. the same time he, he was like a huge money yeah. pit. Unfortunately. <laughs> right. So I, uh, yeah, he had to be let go. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll definitely take Sebastian over him any day.
2: I was going to say, he takes a shot from about anywhere. He's uh, I think Doyle or one of the guys in extra time, but basically like he, he uh, he never sees a shot he doesn't like so <laughs> it was oh, yeah. like he'll just shoot it he'll go from wherever it might be um, and that's pretty much what Maxi has always done so it, it's interesting to kind of see what the what that'll look like the attack and how it'll be different this year um, but kind of moving on into some other transfers or at least some some signings that they've made you you mentioned Bonyac Garcia who I thought was very serviceable in the time that he had been there. Um, with the Dynamo having a, a crucial role. I know last year there were times where he was filling in spots that um, he had not really ever been comfortable playing, but he did it anyway just because it was one of those things that they just needed um, at least some consistency. But they did have a couple departures. Um, from looking at the list, I mean, I don't think it was anything too crazy. I think it, they, most of it was that veteran leadership um, that, that some of these departures um, kind of gave. But then they go out and they, they sign Steve Clark, who had been with Portland, a goalkeeper um, until 2023, club option 2024 and five. Um, And he's had a year's experience, uh, has bounced around. He's been in a couple of MLS Cups, um, won a couple of MLS Cups, uh, won with the crew. um, Or no, sorry, he played with the crew and won one uh, last year. Or no, played with – no, they didn't win any. So playing with teams that (laughs) have played – Uh, in the MLS Cup final. Um, So he's got experience playing with really good teams, title contending teams. Um, And then they also go out and they sign uh, or they trade for Daniel Stairs, uh, an LA Galaxy defender who uh, is mostly a role defender. Um, I I think that maybe he competes for a starting spot. I, I get it. I'm interested to see what your thoughts are on these two, because while they have nice MLS experience, it did seem like these two were more of just kind of those signings that you need to make that's a little bit of depth and maybe they challenge for a starting spot.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, before Ferreira came in, uh, Steve Clark was definitely like the biggest signing of the season. Um, like, obviously, because we needed a starting goalkeeper because marriage was uh, was um, dumped because we had to do that. And one of those things, um, as uh, Daniel Serres, I feel like is going to be pretty good uh, where he's mostly going to be utilized in in, in rotation, uh, only because um, it's going to be uh, teenage and Parker um, a starting role at least the first, a uh, first choice uh, center backs too. But I I, I obviously like serious, um He's going to be way needed because um, we needed that experience, uh center back, and which is something that we we have been uh, pretty much lacking. And obviously since we got rid of Alejandro Foy Mayor, as well as a uh, Minor figure uh during the off season. And, and yeah, um, and see those holes, um, I feel like, um, especially for the, the goalkeeping role, I feel like it's been, it's been something that has been lacking last year, especially since, um, Marco marriage, uh, he, he had, like, he had his, like a few flashes last season, but like for the most part, it's been negative because he, um, I'm not sure if you saw, like, there's been a few occasions last year where, um, it was, a, a, a miscue of his part, just mm-hmm. like uh, doing give, giveaway after giveaway. And it was just pretty frustrating. Um, and and at that point, like like that also served as an opportunity for Michael Nelson, which is like our second street keeper now, to like step up. And at least gave us like an opportunity to see what it's made of. And we we managed to see th- um, those games last year. And we've been overall like impressed by Michael Nelson to the point that he can be a starter and I feel like bringing in Steve Clark and obviously he's, he's pretty old, but he's still got um, uh, some games left in his tank and he's definitely going to be a starter. But at the same time, I feel, I feel like at this, at this point, like it can also serve as a transition for uh, Michael Nelson to be, to earn the starting role at some point.
0: Are there still any holes that the team is trying to fill and um or, or do you know of any other names that are maybe being linked to um, other players as the month is starting to wind down here?
1: Yeah, I, I say like the biggest uh, hole, or at least like the biggest need that we have to add to the roster right now will be a um, another right back, or at least like a starter, because I don't think Cedric Balancing is gonna be. It should be it should be starting at this point. Um, and I'll be happy if he proves me wrong, but. Like but just based on what I've seen last year, um, he has been burned several times, and and just that 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 right flank just looks pretty worrying. Like especially when it comes to uh, rotating back, uh, Cedric Balancing gets beat time after time, and I like Balancing like like he can be pretty good just coming off the bench, but like at this point he, we definitely need a starter uh, in the back to assist um, the back line, um, that and. One of the positions that have been asked for as well for uh, by fans is um, bringing in another right winger, um, or at least like someone that that can service the um, the right flank. Um, there there aren't any names uh, that are floating around that we know of that are most likely going to happen. Um, but obviously, um, with the new international spot that we acquired, there's definitely a good chance that's going that's going to be it. It is going to be utilized to to fill somewhere. Uh, either in the right flank or somewhere in the in the midfield uh, it's would we'll have to see what's gonna happen with that one. Uh, so and I guess another one I can mention is just that someone that can also relieve darwin Quintero since he's also pretty old and he's, he's getting to that age maybe bringing someone that can also relieve uh, Darwin Quintero uh, maybe come in the second half to to stop him up. I feel like that, that, that can also be like a, a, a good um, option to use that international spot or whatever comes next.
2: I was gonna say it was very interesting that they go out and get that international spot today. That that seemed like a precursor to something that is coming, um, which will be interesting. I I still feel like this team needs some attacking depth, just because I like you said, uh, a team that struggled this much to score with just the one addition to it seems a little it's a little weird um, to add you know the one striker. And obviously, it's gonna take time. Um, I know that we. You know, we've talked about this multiple times when they come in as a number nine right away. It never tends to really go well. Um, I know Brenner had, and it's a different situation, obviously, but Brenner comes into Cincinnati last year, uh, really struggles, you know, finding the goal. Um, young players tend to, especially when they're coming from international places, it, it tends to be kind of an adjustment period to kind of figure out, okay, where can we score goals? How do we score goals? Um, and who's around me that can provide, uh, you know, some of these link-up passes that we can get on the end of. Um, And you spoke about Darwin Quintero, and and I found it interesting because I was going back through his stats, uh, Andres, and he he played 20 matches and started nine. Um, You did say he was aging, but um, I I think what a lot of fans are pointing to, there was a stat out there that I saw that uh, when he did play, when he found the pitch, uh, Houston averaged 1.22 points a game. Uh, And without Quintero on the bench, or without Quintero on the pitch, um, they average just 0.76 points a game now obviously there's more to it than that but it does seem like it was very odd that he kind of fallen out um and you said that you know they're looking for more attacking players to kind of relieve him of you know the time that he spends on the pitch but for me uh you know is this something that you know he could play more matches or, or is there concern there with health is there concern there with you know, reliability, or was it just like a Tab Ramos, you know, decision that he had made that it was just going to be Darwin coming in off the bench and these spots, they really needed some just experience and help.
1: Yeah, we definitely think it's, it's mostly just a decision by Tab that he didn't play at all, like uh, towards the beginning of the season and through, and through the halfway, halfway through at least. And, and and like, and it was immediate because like as soon as he started playing, like he, he -hmm. he kept scoring goals and within. Like we've all been wondering, like, like where? Why is Darwin Quintero not playing? Like he's like the best Darwin that we have. Like definitely not <laughs> not not, not Saran, but, but like, like yeah, like you, you mentioned it yourself. Like it's it's like he um he puts he, he still puts up the numbers regardless of his age. Yeah, it's, and, it's crazy. Like he can still like he can. Like, I I do believe he can still start with the team right now. Like like he showed it last year. Like he can do it again. Like at least at least I I believe for like the next couple seasons and. And and obviously I mentioned that like, we, he could use like another piece of relief in the second half, but at the same time, like he um, like he was willing, like you have, like also this offseason, like they let his contract run out and he signed a new one, so he doesn't occupy like a like a DP spot, and and he also like he just enjoys talking about like being in Houston, like he he, him loving staying in Houston and playing for the team, and like he just he just shows you like he's still dedicated. And and yeah, like it's it's just really awkward, like in, in part of that because he um he maybe he, he it's something like he didn't like his play style. Maybe he wanted to play like play him differently on the field. Uh, but but yeah, like it's it's still very odd. But, but yeah, he still he still definitely has um some games left in him. Um so there was a lot
0: of rotation and inconsistency last year. Um, What pieces do you think are important for building the team forward? I know Logan and I were, you know, Tyler Pasher fans at the beginning of the season last year, but um, you know, going forward, what, what important players are, uh, are you building the team around? I feel like I
1: I did mention Farrah and I feel like he's, like him as well as uh, the other two, or at least like whoever how the the four line is structured. I feel like th- that set of players is is definitely gonna be um, a really big piece as to um, how the Dynamo are gonna succeed. But also midfield, midfield wise, I feel like uh, Matias Vera. Um, if they can build a team around him, like like only be- and I'm not saying it only because like matias vera like he's one of those players that uh, he's very quiet but you can you can definitely appreciate how his hard work and how much he has done for the team like especially through all all these tough years ahead um like in the in the past and just just a team trying to like build something out of it and we do have like a a lot of of midfielders right now and like and obviously, not only Quintero being a piece, but also Coco being a, like an additional piece. Maybe he can like pair up. But I feel like like those pieces together, or maybe how it is structured, like either as, as a pivot going forward, um, it's still like I've, obviously I haven't seen like what um, Paul Nagamura is going to do. Although I, I think it's going to be more like a 433 maybe. Uh, although I'm still quite uncertain because it's still very early in the preseason and we haven't seen much but I feel like the success is going to be revolving around midfield.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there, it, it was, it was like going through all their matches played and minutes played. It was almost like tab couldn't figure out who he wanted at what point, um, which can't feel good as a, as a player. And then trying to figure out what that midfield looks like. And that, I think that, you know, just that inconsistency really speaks to kind of, you know, how their struggles on offense translated just because I, you know, or in the attack. And I, I think it, it's interesting just because I I know there were pieces. I know memo Rodriguez was somebody that last year, a lot of people were talking about, and now he's pretty much gone non-existent, um, which has been really weird. Um, And, and, you know, Tyler pastor starting well, like Jordan said, I mean, we, I think Jordan, what it was probably like the first six weeks or something like that, where we, it seemed like every day we were just going, man, Tyler pastor's like got some real good talent. And then all of a sudden he's kind of faded. So it was like, you know, what, you know, where can they find consistency and, you know, can they keep it, you know consistent throughout the whole season and fine guys because it does seem like you know uh, Matias Vera was probably their only real consistency when it came to that midfield last year
1: oh yeah uh going back to Pasher, we, we we all love Tyler Pasher. uh I've definitely like the injuries like really messed him up last mm-hmm. year and if it wasn't for uh those unlucky runs uh, yeah. we could definitely score more goals or at least get some more assists and and yeah, like consistency is going to be the theme. Um, uh, basically, how how the game plan is applied and the decisions made by uh, Coach Nagamura is going to matter. Are, mm-hmm. All the, all those uh, things are going to matter. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I try to see if I can think of more things. But yeah, it's just so early. And yeah. I, can re- I can really see, like I, I can't really paint a picture of the team yet because of that um, with all the... Uh, with like maybe another player coming in that's going to affect mm-hmm. um, um, the rotation maybe. But, yeah, it's just too early for me. But it's, it's definitely going to matter on that. So you talked about um, teenage. You talked about
2: Tim Parker as being guys that were going to be uh, solidifying that back line. Um, but I do want to focus more back on Tim Parker because there, there was big talk about him last year. He captained a lot of your guys' games when, uh, when he played all matches. Um, Start in all matches and really, I mean, he's always been pretty consistent his whole career. uh, And that's a big thing with, with Tim and trying to kind of stabilize a back line that um, I'm pretty sure is under um, refurbishment as we speak. But can you kind of talk to uh, the importance of consistency with Parker and kind of how do you see his role playing out or his days numbered um, years numbered, or do you see him kind of, you know, in a couple of years, Staying with this backline and building consistency with some other players.
1: Oh yeah, he, he can stay. He can stay here uh, for a while now. Um, I mean, even even though last year has been pretty dreadful, like he has, he, he has some shown some selfless inconsistencies despite our our flaws on the roster. Mm-hmm. And he pairing up with teenage, um, th- there's been um, glimpses of that. Um, it, the, the things that, that can definitely work out. is he's that it's gonna. It's gonna depend on how the the roster is is gonna set up on uh uh by the coach in every game and just going back to what I talked about Serik and not not getting beaten like that and unless the adjustments are made accordingly maybe maybe on the on his own side of the flank um, as opposite to, to teenage because he at least has some um he at least has leverage with with at the long twist and even though he he's made some miscues I feel like teenage is is progressing very well. Compared to Parker, but at the same time, uh, anything can happen because Parker is definitely that that leader on the team that we definitely definitely need at this point and over the years to come. And, and yeah, I still believe in Parker. I still believe he can he can do a lot of things here um, in the in the appropriate time. And obviously, this being like a pretty good time for us to uh, start start from scratch essentially. Uh, maybe build something different.
0: Now it's time for my favorite question. Uh, The question we always end it with, uh, what would be a successful season for the Houston Dynamo in 2022?
1: A successful season will be, will definitely be squeaking in the playoffs, but that's a big ask these days, especially um, us not being in playoffs since 2017 and only once in the last eight years now. And, and yeah, and obviously with a, a new t- new uh, coach, a new team, a new GM, uh, it seems like a big ask. But I feel like at this point, a um, uh, very successful season with playoffs, um, or or at least like a more feasible goal. I like to say would definitely be showing um, the changes, or at least like make uh, the the changes to be materialized on the field in the sense that we. We see those consistent results uh, day in and out or at least every week or whenever the squad is searching like, um, for two or three games a week. Um, it's going to be something that we're going to watch closely, and success um, is going to be dependent on that.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Andres. If you want to go ahead and uh, tell people where they can find your stuff uh, again.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Um, at Dynamic dynamicfoxtrot uh, uh, on Twitter. It's gonna be the place I'm gonna be mostly active. And if you guys are interested in uh, uh, in listening on Dynamo podcast, uh, noodle time is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as uh, big pa- platforms like YouTube. Um, we talk uh, talk a lot about the Dynamo. We talk about a lot of Dash, our NWSL team, and we just have um, we just love doing it.
0: We are back from our break, and we're back from our interview with Andres. Um, Your thoughts, Logan, because I, I think this is probably the most realistic expectations we've had. Mm-hmm. Somebody saying squeaking into the playoffs would be very successful, but the main success would be having showing growth on the field from last year under mm-hmm. this new GM, this new manager. I feel like that is what the benchmark is. Last year, we had had them predicted at 12th place. Yeah. Um they finished 13th in the west, so we were actually on the money there. Um we're not going to predict that right now, but I mm-hmm. I do worry about the team. I I do think Nagamura is a question mark. Um I don't know him as well as I know Tab Ramos, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't know Tab that well. It's not like I'm friends with him. But I mean, like...
2: <laughs> Are you not texting Tab after the Yeah, yeah. You, you, know,
0: no, you know what I mean, where I was like kind of familiar with Tab. Yeah, and I, I was like, mean. I'm yeah. not too high on this. And then, yeah. you know, um, it turned out they they fired him. So I think looking at it, I worry for the Dynamo that they couldn't have gotten a more experienced coach in. But if if Nagamora is, you know... <laughs> Logan froze for a second, sorry. Um... <laughs> But you know, if, if if maybe he's buying into what Pat Onstat wants, and and that is why he's picked, and why they're going to work together, and why it's going to work out. But I think showing some growth is the big thing. What's your thoughts on on maybe the the steps forward here for the Dynamo and and all that?
2: Yeah, I think what you said is right. Um, growth is what this team needs to see. Uh, am I frozen again? Is that why you're laughing? No, oh, okay. He's laughing in my video, and I can see you laughing. Um, no, but it, it, it's what this team needs, right? They they need to see growth because there's been a it's been a long time since this team has really felt substantial growth and, and growing back in the right direction. Um, and tabs experiment last year just seemed like if you I mean seriously, go and look at the the minutes played. It's a scatter number of players that have had. Um, that he tried and we're like, Oh, well that, that didn't work so well. So we're going to go try something else. And, you know, with injuries mixed in, I do feel like tab was always trying to monitor and figure out what is it that this team needs? And I'm not sure he ever knew what the team needed. Um, I, I think that was a big issue with the dynamo um, last year. And then kind of moving into this year, like you said, Jordan, I, I think it it's interesting that they go out and they nab Nagamora. I, I think bringing in a coach that has uh, assistant coach experience, but no MLS uh, head coach experience, dealing with professionals, that's a totally different game. I mean, y- you're dealing with youth academy players who are trying to prove themselves and you're gonna get you know, guys that work hard for you that want to be part of a team, that want to show they can be part of a team, that want to show that they can grow. And they're, they're gonna be more interested in trying to please you as the head coach. Whereas you've got professionals now. I mean, if you've got issues with a professional, it becomes toxic. It's a toxic culture. It's a toxic locker room. Do I think that's going to happen? No. I I think they do have a great group of guys. I think that they they can build chemistry with this club. But I just don't think the pieces are good enough. I mean, we've seen guys like Memo Rodriguez who they – I mean, last year, Jordan, I remember hyping him up and people hyping him up. They were like, basically, this could be his breakout year. He could become – that guy in the midfield. Reminds me of did. Pochettino. Yeah. Yes. He really, it, it really does. It, it's kind of like memo was growing and then could have grown into like a show feast, like a uh, Maxi morale, somebody like that in the midfield that can kind of be that wizard, but he never turned into that. Now he's fallen so far off the depth chart. I don't even know where his name is. I mean, it, it's, it's so difficult. Tyler Passer was probably their best player last year. If he plays consistently, and doesn't get hurt. And, you know, within the first six or seven games, it seems like the consistency dropped off in playing time and he's been hurt and he couldn't come back. And there was just issues, um, all across the board. Um, but again, I, I'm worried about this team too. Uh, big, big question mark. I would say that that is like, um, I guess we're, we're being a little too kind if we say it's a big question mark, it's a huge question mark, right? What is this team going to do? What is Nagamura going to do with his team? Can he get them playing together? Um, and their number nine, I'm going to warn you now, like we, we've, we've we've always thought they could come in and do it, Jordan, but when has the last number nine stepped into this league and right off the bat boomed? Uh, I guess Joseph would be the closest thing to booming that you would get, right? But other than that, this league is so much different than what people think.
0: It'll be interesting. We'll see. We'll see how it goes here. Yeah. Um if you want to, if you want to give us a follow or if you want to reach out to us, you can follow us or contact us at on Twitter at Stateside show, Instagram at Stateside show, Facebook.com slash Stateside show, email us Stateside show at gmail.com. And, uh, next week we've got some, uh, I think union, some Minnesota loons. So we got some stuff scheduled here that, uh, we'll have a good time with. And, uh, Just want to thank everybody for your support, and we'll catch you next time. Tomorrow, throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic! Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show. As we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL, this is stateside soccer show presented by stoppage time soccer show have a good one